Hi there, this is Sound Editing Charles here with a quick disclaimer about this week's episode. We had to record this week's episode on Zoom and because of that, the audio quality is at times pretty poor. We apologize for that and hope that you're still able to get a lot out of this podcast. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode here at The Well. Hello there! You are listening to At The Well, the weekly Bible podcast that helps you see yourself in the stories of Scripture. I'm Jarrell. I'm Charles. And I'm Eli. And we are delighted that you're joining us for this week's discussion. This week's virtual discussion for the first time ever, ever we are we are dusting off the virtual desk. How, how does it feel for you guys? I've, I've got some thoughts. I want to know how you guys are feeling about this virtual setup we've got going. I am sad because I love being with you all physically. Um, but I am also grateful that technology allows us to be able to continue the podcast. Amen. Well, the God of totally agreed. Indeed. Indeed. I'm just really sad that you won't be able to like watch me in person, scarf down popcorn during our episode breaks and sound checks. Like I know that that's really what makes the experience for you too. And that's a shame you won't be able to see that uh, live (laughs) and in the flesh. Yeah, I think I'm okay. Um, but speaking of food, uh, I'm happy, one, that I'm in my own home and I don't have the excuse to be hangry. Uh, two, uh, I am really upset, though, because we were planning to be to record in person and we wanted to have a picnic and <laughs> afterward. And I'm really mad <laughs> that we don't get to have that picnic. It's okay, next time. Eli was going to bring rum cake. and. Oh. Beef patties. And beef patties. <laughs> so we're, we're feeling it. <laughs> if if anyone from the restaurant Negril ever listens to this, please, we would be happy to have a commercial for your food if you would be happy to sponsor us and pay us a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's the grind. Hear, hear it at the well. Not sponsored. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Yet. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Well, let's get things started with our question of the week segment. If you'd like to submit a question for us to answer during this segment, you can email us at threeguysatthewell at gmail.com. That's the number three, then guys at the well, all one word and lowercase at gmail.com. And today, actually, for the first time ever to keep you guys on your toes, we have the man himself, Black Troy Bolton. Charles Wesley is going to introduce our question of the week. Yes, I am. And um, so I was actually talking to my wife, Chelsea, about our segment question of the week. And we thought we've come up with a pretty good one. So it doesn't come from social media. It doesn't mean that you should stop giving us your questions because we really want it. And um, I actually want to start with you, Eli. So if you could like unmute yourself for this question, because I want to hear first from you and then we'll go around. And um, we thought a good question to ask would be, Eli, would you be the godfather of Wesley baby number two? (laughs) (laughs) Of course I'm going to be your godfather. I'm a godfather. (laughs) For for posterity's sake, Eli has muted himself and and briefly went off camera. In and out of the frame. (laughs) Oh, Charles. So... 
that is there is some irony because just today Chelsea and I have decided on the name of baby number two. What's my godson's name? Your godson's name is Josiah Charles Wesley. (laughs) (laughs) Which Which is ironic because this episode we are talking about King Josiah in the Bible. <laughs> oh my god. I love it. I'm a good You are. Oh. This is great. This oh is my god. god. For yeah, for posterity, Eli is just all over the screen right now. I have to tell my mom. <laughs> Text Lynn. Let her let her know. Man, Charles. Charles, I I know you didn't name uh your soon-to-be son Josiah specifically for this episode, but if you did. <laughs> That is commitment. That is what we need here at At The Well. More of that. Second-born son for the podcast. I think it's the podcast for the son because Chelsea and I have been talking about the name Josiah for a long time. Um, nice. As the name for our, for our, our son um, because we, we really like this story that we're about to get into um, and his character, not, uh, the person that he, the historical figure that he is and what he did. Um, so it's good. Yay, yay. Oh my gosh. I get to stand there while your baby's being christened. Oh, I can't wait for that day. Oh, okay. I need to get an all white suit. I can't. I can't. I can't. This an all white suit? An all white suit. <laughs> Why? <laughs> oh my gosh. This is amazing. I'm so honored. Thank you so much, Charles, and by proxy, Chelsea. She's not in the, she's not, she's not in view on Zoom. <laughs> but air hug. You are, we're our top choice for sure. Oh, praise God. Wait, I'm sorry. Do you have a question for Darrell? <laughs> nope. nope. That was all a ruse. I already got Aaliyah, so I'm very the... true. <laughs> That's right. We're a tight group here yes. at the well. Um, these two brothers of mine are godfathers to my children. But I will hand it now back over to Jarrell to get us back into the podcast itself. I don't know if Eli is emotionally ready or if I, I can't. I, what, what even? Okay, I'm sorry. Thank you for naming <laughs> your baby Josiah because now I got to stay focused on what's about to happen. So we, we will transition kind of to a different Josiah. Uh, so this week's passage is from the book of 2 Kings, chapter 22, verses 11 through 13, as well as chapter 23, verses 1 through 3 and verses 21 through 25. So if you have your Bible and you aren't driving, you can start turning there now while I set the scene. Josiah was only eight years old when he became the king of Judah after his father, Amon, did evil in the sight of the Lord and was eventually killed by his own servants. The weight of the entire kingdom of Judah now sat firmly on his tiny shoulders. Josiah committed the nation's best craftsmen, carpenters, and masons to rebuild the temple of the Lord. And during this project, some of Josiah's workmen found a set of ancient manuscripts, the law of the Lord, also known in Jewish tradition as the Torah. Josiah's servants gave it to him to read. Its contents would cut him to the heart and lead him to repentance and action on behalf of all of Judah. Now it happened when the king heard the words of the book of the law that he tore his clothes. Then the king commanded Hilkiah the priest, Ahikam the son of Shaphan, Achbor the son of Micaiah, Shaphan the scribe, and Isaiah a servant of the king, saying, Go inquire of the Lord for me, for the people and for all of Judah, 
concerning the words of this book that has been found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is aroused against us because our fathers have not obeyed the words of this book to do according to all that is written concerning us. Now the king sent them to gather all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem to him. The king went up to the house of the Lord with all the men of Judah and with him all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the priests and the prophets and all the people, both small and great. And he read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant, which had been found in the house of the Lord. Then the king stood by a pillar and made a covenant before the Lord to follow the Lord and to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all his heart and soul and to perform the words of this covenant that were written in this book. And all the people took a stand for the covenant. Then the king commanded all the people saying, keep the Passover to the Lord your God, as is written in this book of the covenant. Such a Passover surely had never been held since the day of the judges who judged Israel, nor in the days of the kings of Israel and the kings of Judah. But in the 18th year of King Josiah, this Passover was held before the Lord in Jerusalem. Moreover, Josiah put away all those who consulted mediums and spiritists, household gods and idols, all the abominations that were seen in the land of Judah and in Jerusalem, that he might perform the words of the Lord, which were written in the book that Hilkiah the priest found in the house of the Lord. Now before him, there was no king like him who turned to the Lord with all his heart, with all his soul, with all his might, according to the law of Moses, nor after him did any arise like him. Gentlemen, in what way is Josiah just like us? So we are just like Josiah, who I now have so many fond memories of already just because of what just happened. Um, We're just like Josiah in that despite how we grew up or what influenced our, um, our early life, God calls us to him. We know from scripture, um, as Darrell just read, that no one had been like Josiah before him. But we know specifically that his father, Ammon, and his grandfather, Manasseh, did great evil in the sight of God. And for such a 180 um, to take place in Josiah's life, particularly that he, like, he became king at eight years old, and like in his mid to late 20s, like started doing amazing things for the glory of God. But for him to have grown up in the, in the homes of evil men and to be that godly, um, it means that him as well as us um, aren't bound by our circumstances growing up. We can all go to the Lord. Wow, that's, that's powerful, Eli. That's, that's one of the things I love about this podcast is getting different perspectives. So this idea of like the house that he grew up in and we're not bound by the circumstances because of the power of the Lord. I think you mentioned this, but one of the first things that strikes me is like, Josiah is just like the us because uh, he was 26, I think, when this particular instance occurs. And so where he wholeheartedly commits himself and the people in his care back to the Lord. And I think sometimes we can think that uh, leadership or uh, being a model and example for people or for people that are older and wiser than us or for like the seasoned people. And like, you know, we have an example here in scripture of a very young man um, who, who took initiative, realized there was something amiss, there was something wrong and zealously sought to bring a change and realized that he 
had a responsibility to do it, um, not only because of the Lord being the Lord, but also because he was the king of, 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 the, of the Israelite people at this time. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, you both kind of snatched it from me there. Josiah is just like, just like us in that he demonstrates, or got, rather God demonstrates through him that God is not limited by circumstance. Um, he's not limited by how you grew up, who raised you, like in what conditions you were in. He's not limited by your age. Like there's the there's a verse in uh, I think it's First Timothy four, uh, where Paul says, "Do not let anyone despise you because you are young, but be an example to the believers." Um, like Paul in that, in the way that God calls Josiah and like makes him king at eight years old, really speaks to the fact that God sees his people is never being in a state that is too far or too young or too like unseasoned in life to make legitimate lasting impact for his kingdom and like choices for him um, personally. And I think, yeah, Josiah displays that, or God uses Josiah rather to display that so powerfully. And it's an encouragement um, to us, a, a bunch of relatively young men, some of us with bad knees, who see the Lord moving in a lot of different ways. Um, but yeah, I also think one thing that came to mind that like we talked about, we've talked in this season about uh, characters that we want to not make their story our own. Uh, how is it that we don't aspire to be just like a Judas, for example? Um, and I think in the converse of that, in one of the ways that I want to be like Josiah and I want to be just like Josiah is that he saw the need to remove things from his midst that kept him away from the Lord. Like it's one of my favorite things about just him as, as a person and a character in scripture is that he saw some, he recognized that his fathers had not lived according to the law of the Lord. He saw remnants of that in his life and in the life of his people. And he aggressively said, we need to get rid of this. Like we need to get rid of these idols. We need to get rid of these mediums and spiritists. We need to get rid of these other like household gods, it says. And just kind of the aggressive nature to which he said, like in his responsibility as king, this needs to go. I need to purge this from my kingdom. And I think whether that's for us in our families or uh, we'll talk about this a lot more next season and people who we are shepherding spiritually there, I think there's a, a, a serious call to be, disciples men and women after christ who recognize idols and aggressively root them out amen yeah i think the word that always comes to me when i read josiah uh, or the story of josiah's zeal um you use the word aggressively um Jarell, but to me like there's a there's a that zeal is a really cool thing and there's a zealousness that jo josiah portrays here in pursuing what is right, um, the righteousness that needs to occur in, in, the, um, in the circumstance that he finds himself in. Um, and uh, and I, I think I, I, just to, to connect it to just like us, so I think Josiah is just like us in that we are always called to repent and to recommit ourselves to the Lord zealously, regardless of the wrongs that um, we commit, um, or what the case may be, or how serious it may be, as well as always doing what is right um, with zeal. 
um, and doing it with energy, with excitement, with passion. Um, and I think that's one of the striking things about this story is that he, he kind of took the lead on saying like, this is not right. We need to change something. He calls the priests and the leaders and says like, we're doing something. And he did it zealously and like in totality. Yeah, to piggyback off of what both of you said, um, Josiah was so sensitive to the word of God that upon hearing it, he tore his clothes, like in grief. Like we are not living up to the standard that our God has called us to. And that is awful. And uh, similarly similarly to you, Jarrell, of like, I don't feel like Josiah in this way, but I'm called to this. Like upon reading this, I realized like, oh, I need to pray for this. I need to pray that the word of the Lord would affect me in a way where I would weep for the places, not only there where I have fallen short, but also where the, where, uh, where my people, where the Lord's people have fallen short. I was speaking with Josh Fry the other night um, in the guy's house about Josiah and about this uh, time. So shout out to you, Josh. Um, but like he was saying, like oftentimes people can read this and may think, oh, well, America is, is in a, is in a dark spot right now in history. But he was saying like, actually, no, Israel and America are not analogous. It's not about like, it's not necessarily about praying for the sins of our country because America is not God's country. Um, but what we should be doing is praying for um, the areas where the church has fallen short. Like those are God's people. Like what do Christians in America, not American Christians, but Christians in America, like, where have we not been stewards? Uh, where have we not been leaders? Where have we not been loving? And really trying to take on, um, yeah, this, this past couple of weeks has been me trying to take on a new and renewed prayer life. Um, just asking God, help me to be effective so that I can also be an effective leader. You, you better preach. You about to hijack the podcast to a completely different topic but i i love that like you're you're about to get us in trouble <laughs> but no like i absolutely agree with that i think that there's there's something to to being sensitive to the word of the lord and like to kind of connect that to like what you said charles was like where it it, it cuts you like it cuts you to the heart and there's something in there about just the humility of Josiah during his reign as king in that he, there were idols within God's house and Israel had fallen in a lot of ways. There was precedent set for it before he even got there. He was eight when he took on the role. Um, and it could have been so easy, not only to just not be humble about it and be humble enough to recognize and to say, we have fallen and we need to kind of take up some more ground in this area. But also just like, there, to your, I, I agree, I really like the word zeal, Charles, like that idea of like being so, um, what's the word? It's not zealous. It's uh, so refusing complacency and refusing the sense it said like, well, you know, my dad was a bad king. And these people who are a lot older than me are kind of set in their ways in, this, in these areas. They have their idols and they don't see a problem with it. It would have been so easy and Josiah would have been numbered along with a lot of other kings in Israel if he had just let that happen. If he had just said, well, this is the way it is. Uh, I'm doing something no one's ever done before. At the age that I'm doing it, there's precedent for it. I can't be that bad. But he didn't. Like he was willing to when he encountered God in scripture to own up and say, we were wrong. 
and we are wrong. And there needs to be serious repentance and serious rooting out of idols and serious turning back to the Lord in order to be right with him. And he saw that responsibility refuse complacency on his own for his own sake and behalf of his people. And it's like, shoot, like that. That's what I want for me. That's what I want for the church um, to reject the complacency of comfortable sin, but to seek the Lord's face and his justice in areas where we have fallen short. Absolutely. Maybe the word you're looking for is apathy. Um, there we go. There it is. I don't but teach it, English. <laughs> the it's very interesting you bring this up because um, we don't we didn't read this, but in verses 14 through 20 of chapter 22, um, the story proceeds, and in between what happens, we see that the like the priests and the prophets tell Josiah that Israel is going to be punished for for their wrongdoings in, in the past and because of his action josiah will live without seeing that punishment occur so as a result of the way that he zealously responds to the word of god he's not going to see the punishment that god's going to dole out so put myself if i put myself in that situation it would be really easy to be complacent and apathetic like i'm not going to suffer for the sins of my fathers. But Josiah, Josiah didn't. He refused complacency, he refused apathy because um, he understood that he had a responsibility, um, not only as the king, but also the responsibility as a follower of God, and even more so as someone who leads other followers of God. And um, I think just like Josiah, all of us have circles of influence where the Lord wants us to have our thumbprint on. And the Lord doesn't, is not calling us to complacency, is not calling us to apathy, regardless of the circumstances. Josiah could have easily sat back and like, I'm gonna let someone else handle this because I'm not gonna suffer the consequences. The Lord straight up told me I'm not. But that's not the attitude he took. He said, okay, there's punishment coming, but we gotta correct. We gotta, we've got a course correct here and I'm responsible to leading that course correction. Um, and it goes to, uh, again, that zealousness and the, on, the understanding that he had a responsibility to act, um, just like I feel like we all have um, responsibilities to act, um, to, to be cut by the word and to respond to it. And just to follow up to that beautiful point that you've made about like uh, course correcting and taking responsibility, Charles, it is actually with a scalpel that Josiah takes on the work of course correcting. So there's a lot of like, he desecrated this, he destroyed that, he reworked this. Like there's a lot of him taking down things. But there is also a lot of um, intention and prudence in the way that he dismantles the history of idolatry that went on in Judah and ultimately Israel, right? Um, so in chapter 23, we read in verse 9. Although the priests of the high places, the high places now were places where Baal and the Shirath, those these false gods were worshipped. So although the priests of the high places, so those that led worship, did not serve at the altar of the Lord in Jerusalem. So though they didn't serve the Lord as they ought to have, but they ate unleavened bread with their fellow priests. And so ultimately, that means that Josiah 
invited these priests who were at one point doing something wrong, like not revering the Lord as he ought to have been. He was actually inviting them to work with priests and eat in a way that was actually pleasing to God. Like so often I think Christians believe that we need to do an, a complete overhaul on um, society in order to bring it to a place where God is glorified well. But what I see in this is like, the sin is the issue, not, not, not always the people. Like bring the people into a good place with the Lord. It's not as though Josiah killed the priests who were worshiping Asheroth and Baal. Does that make sense? He invited them into a feast of unleavened bread with the priests who were properly worshiping God so that they would be informed and know who the one true God was. Um, and I think that's the sort of prudence and the scalpel tactics that we need to have rather than a sledgehammer tactic. Like the sort of things that are obviously not of God, but preserve the things that have the capacity to be glorifying God. Yeah, absolutely. I think you just hit the nail on the head there where there is a there's a precision to discipleship that the three of us are figuring out. And it's something that's very complicated, like being a Christian in the world today. Yes, there are some obvious things, but it's, it gets very, very murky because the world itself is very, very gray. And there's a lot of dis active discerning and seeing what the heart of God is for something. And so I think, yeah, to, to your point, Eli, there's something about being this, I or the scalpel, like, precision and not just having these showy like unilateral like he did do those things and it was appropriate of like i'm gonna remove this he like wrecked stuff and that's appropriate but sometimes it's also appropriate where it's like yeah i'm actually gonna go about this a different way and it's not just sometimes it is being very upfront and very just like we have to tear this down but sometimes it is like well we need to figure out a different way to think about this issue and how is it that we bring people into the fold? And I think like that balancing act of like, when, when is it that I am very just like cut to the point, this needs to go. And when it, when is it a time to kind of step back and say, maybe I need more context to this issue. And like, maybe I need to understand it a bit better to understand what God's heart is in it is. And that can be so hard because it gets into our own personalities, our own like frustrations or ego. Like I'm someone who sometimes can get very angry about things. And I'm just like, this just needs to stop. And I often get slowed down by the Lord. And it's like, it's not that it doesn't, but the way in which that happens into, and specifically the way I'm using you to do it looks a lot different. And you need to like soften your heart in order to receive that and act it out. I think that's a good word, but it is a challenging word that I think we do well to cons prayerfully consider before the Lord in the ways that we see brokenness and ruin in our world today. Amen. All right. So we are nearing the end or at, at the end of our second season. This is the last episode of Just Like Us. It has been a blast, um, but we want to make sure we close out well. We want to make sure we close out kind of tying together some loose threads or kind of see helping each other to see a through line between this season and what has come out of our study and just kind of talking and prayer. So it's time for closing thoughts. So gentlemen, what are some of your closing thoughts about this season of At The Well, this season just like us? I think what strikes me um, is really 
the the, the purpose of the Bible. Um, if you look at the Old Testament and the New Testament and the Bible is comprehensively, it's a it's painting a picture of salvation history. How did the Lord uh, act in the world, in humanity, to bring us back to himself and continue to bring us back to himself? And I think particularly these, as I reflected on these stories, um, they're meant to point us to the, the story of salvation history, the story of God's love for his people, the story of God's love for us. Um, and it's a reminder to us to always turn to repentance when we are like some of the people who we don't want to be like, um, a, a Peter, a Judas, um, and, and say, I am like them in many respects. But that the story doesn't end there because Christ came for me. He redeemed me. I am a new creation from him. And it reminds me that we are always supposed to turn to the love and mercy of, of Jesus, love and mercy of our God and Father, despite our weakness and despite our sin. Obviously, there's, there's guys and there's characters that we've talked about who we want to be like them. I don't want to um, take away from those. But to me... I was like, there's, there's something about highlighting. We don't want to dismiss the weakness that we have in our own lives that reflect the weakness of the, uh, the people in the Bible. And, it, and for me, it reminded me of two scriptures. First one is Romans 3, 23. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We are no better than any of the characters we've studied. We're no worse. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Uh, but following that up with Isaiah 53 verse 6 6 all we like sheep have gone astray we have all turned to our own way and the lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all um, the iniquity the weakness the sin that we experience that we see in these these people we've studied this season has been laid upon the sacrificial lamb of jesus christ and has been eliminated by the love and mercy of god laid on christ upon the cross and risen um, through the resurrection. Amen. I love doing season two with you guys because it turned out to be very timely. I mean, like ultimately God's word is, is timeless and it's always good for teaching, right? Um, but it seemed particularly pertinent given socio-political struggles that have come to a head in the United States in this time and in this place. With Elijah, we spoke about taking substantial risks for the glory of God. With Esther, we spoke about being able to approach people who uh, threaten your health, safety, and well-being in humility with courage. Um, with Peter and Judas, we discussed the ways in which God uses guilt to call us to him, back to him when we've strayed. Um, with Gomer and with Jonah, we talk about how God calls, or with Hosea and Gomer and Jonah, we talk about how God calls us to um, do really difficult and substantial things. Um, and finally, with Josiah, we've spoken about being a disciple who's so affected by God's word that we um, are just filled with this zeal, but not a thoughtless zeal, with this um, zeal that is precise and is scalpel-like and is um, intelligent and effective. And God in every generation is calling his children, his disciples, these um, missionaries and ambassadors to be these individuals, to be just like 
um, the people who he's called for his glory and for the good of the people around us uh, to be. I, yeah, I've, I've never looked at a, a clump of people like this. And I'm so happy that we were able to do this season because it's certainly given me much more to chew on in terms of, okay, God, I'm now without excuse. I don't, I know what the context is now. I get, I get this. So help me in, in getting to work. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, there's so much about this that was revealing um, in things to be aware of in our, in my own life and ways that I was like challenged. And I think a big through line uh, to me, similar to Charles was just the, I, just repentance itself. Um, it just kind of comes up over and over again. And it's kind of a, uh, you know, we, we pick these characters just for a lot of different reasons. And sometimes the initial reason we talk about like being interested morphs into something different. And so we often, which is why we do these closing thoughts segments at the end of season. So we don't often see connections until we talk about it, until we study. Right. And so it was amazing to me that like every episode, I felt like I was, I was getting hit with something else about repentance. And I think that this season for me is just God showing consistently what he wants the heart for his disciples be, to be around repentance, not just for them personally, but desiring it for other people. Like Elijah didn't melt the prophets of Baal because he felt like it, although he was a bit petty about it. Uh, he did it because he wanted Israel to turn back to the Lord. Esther went in to save her people, but called them to fast into laments with like sackcloth and ashes ashes and to turn back to God for their own sakes. Peter betrayed God, but returned to him in repentance. Judas chose not to. Um, Jonah didn't want Nineveh to repent because he preferred the flames for them. Uh, Gomer turned away and went back to a life that was unfulfilling but then eventually, but was but God used her and Hosea to show his faithfulness to his people and calling them back to repentance. And Josiah, like Charles said brilliantly, could have just said, y'all about to get got because you turned away. But he wanted so much for Israel as king and as a leader to come back to the Lord as God's people that he removed idols from the temple, that he surgically cut out areas of uh, corruption. And so like, there's this theme of repentance of, and consistently what God has said to me is like, I don't just want you to do this. I don't just want you to want to do this. I want you to want this for others. And I want you to desire repentance for others. I've also, I've been reading through the uh, prophets in the old Testament. I've been reading through Amos, which is fantastic. I hope we, we could do a whole season on Amos. Um, stay tuned. Um, and so he, there's one, there's a one point where he's bringing a similar message to the people where he's saying, he's speaking specifically about complacency within God's people and how they've gotten so comfortable uh, with what they have and forget, forgetting that God gave them what they have. And he could have very easily just said, uh, yeah, this is a problem you need to fix it. There's a, there's a point where it says he cries out to God for them. And there's a point where it says that Amos, like, multiple times goes to the Lord and like begs off like destruction of Israel because he is so moved to their plight to want them to repent. And it was like this moment of, I don't want to love like Jonah. 
and I want to love like Amos and I want to love like Josiah. I want, I want to love like Esther. I want to be someone who desires repentance, not, in my, not only in my own life for uh, my own sins, but also wants to help bring people to that in their own lives. And I think that uh, as disciples of Jesus Christ, we're absolutely invited to that. And it's exciting to um, be encouraged of ways we can be just like those who live that out so well in scripture. Amen. Well, that is all for this week. That is all for this season. Thank you so much for listening. So we are changing up our format a bit. We're taking a week off where you're going to get a lot of promotional material for our next season, which we're going to start and close out before the end of the year. Get excited. What, what is our next season, you ask? You're just going to have to tune in and find out. Until then, you can check us out at atthewell.podbean.com. We upload new episodes every Monday on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. You can also connect with us on Twitter and Instagram by searching Three Guys at the Well. And head over to our Facebook page to keep the conversation going in a space reserved for further discussion of the topics we cover in each week's episode. We'll talk to you again in two weeks for Season 3 here at the Well.